Welcome to Recloseted Radio, the top-rated podcast for slow fashion founders. Whether you're thinking about launching a slow fashion brand, scaling an existing sustainable apparel company, or looking to make a brand more environmentally friendly, we have you covered. I'm your host, Selena Ho, and each week I'm sharing my proven strategies or interviewing industry experts. Without any further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Recloseted Radio. I am really excited for this episode because I have brought back my mindset coach, Helen. And if you listen to episode 65, you'll know that we did a mindset interview a few months ago. And that episode did so well, so I knew I had to bring her back because we were getting more questions about mindset, and in particular, the mindset that you need in order to take your business to the next level and really scale your business. And we talk about this in the episode as well, but I've hired Helen to teach a few mindset lessons in the Conscious Apparel Accelerator Program, or CAA. And this is our program that scales sustainable fashion brands, helps slow fashion founders increase their sales, and gets them to the next level. Helen's going to be co-teaching some lessons, and I'm so excited for it. And in this episode, she actually gives you a sneak preview about some of the topics she covers. So make sure you dive in. This is a really juicy episode. And without any further ado, let's get into the interview. Welcome back to Recloseted Radio, Helen. It's so awesome to have you back. And for folks that didn't listen to episode 65, which by the way was so great, and if you haven't listened, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to it after this episode. I'll have it down in the show notes. But for folks that haven't been introduced to you before, do you mind just quickly introducing yourself, Helen, and telling us a little bit more about your background? Yes, absolutely. So I am a certified mindset and performance coach, and I work with business owners to help them build their inner confidence, overcome overwhelm, and basically face the fears that are holding them back from taking action and you know going after their goals in life and business. Amazing. And as you know, this episode is all about scaling and getting to the next level in your business. And so as such, how important do you think mindset is in all of that? As you're scaling and getting to the next level, do you think that mindset is really important to continue to work on? Yeah, absolutely. That is such a good question. And I mean, for me, and you've probably heard me say this many times before, but for me, mindset is the driving force for action and change. And this is because you can have all the strategy in the world, but if you don't have the mindset to back it up, you're really going to struggle to execute on that strategy. And this isn't just something I've pulled out of nowhere. This is something that I've seen. I mean, I've had personal experience with it and I've seen so many of my clients face. They will go into business programs and go into courses and they'll learn all the strategy. But then when they go to launch or when they go to scale, when they go to grow, when they go to up level, 
they're suddenly paralyzed in fear. Like, do I really know what I'm doing? Am I really ready to do this? Particularly when you're scaling and potentially there's more at stake or you're putting yourself out there more, all that kind of self-doubt and overthinking rises completely up to the surface. So for me, mindset is really the gateway to taking that confident, empowered, aligned action. And I always say as well, like mindset isn't just about whether you take action or not. It's about how you take that said action, right? Because in business, we need to get really behind ourselves and what we're offering. It's about that energy, right? And if you're not believing in your business or yourself, or you've got any shred of self-doubt, that's going to show. People are going to see that. And of course, business is built on relationships, community, you know, working with other people. So that energy and that confidence needs to be there, right? So I would say they're like the two core reasons. And another is kind of like, you know, like it's no secret, but business is business isn't easy, right? It's simple, it's straightforward on paper, but it's not always easy. Um, And so for me, mindset, particularly when you're scaling, is really about expanding your capacity to kind of handle more, right? To kind of step up to challenges. It's about building resilience. It's about building that kind of like grits and that courage and that bounce back ability. Yeah, mindset is absolutely important just So you can face those kind of inevitable challenges that are going to come up in your business. Yes, I always say it's so important, but it's always nice to hear someone else say it, especially when they're (laughs) professional. So with that being said, then we know that mindset's just as important as strategy. What mindset do you think entrepreneurs really need to embody when they are trying to get to the next level? You talked a little bit about expanding capacity, but anything else you think is really important? Yeah, this is a really nice one because when it comes to like achieving those next level goals, it kind of requires next level changes, right? And I think this is the bit that everybody skips because what they try and do is they try and, you know, reach that next level doing things like they've always done before, right? But to get to that next level, to kind of step into that mindset, you need to think and act differently. You need to think and act in ways that you've never done before. So I think from a mindset perspective, it's really about getting crystal clear on what that next level actually is, like what it looks like, what it entails specifically, and what it requires from you as a person, you know? How can you become that person that's actually able to face those next level challenges, right? It's not so much about the doing. It's not like, what do I need to do? How much more work do I need to do? All that kind of thing. It's really about the being, right? It's really about the being and stepping into that person um, that you need to become to face those challenges. And I think a part of this as well, like what what kind of comes to mind is that notion you know, what got you here won't get you there, right? So a big part of this is actually releasing tendencies that may have served us up until this point, but won't serve us to where we want to go, right? 
Um, an example of this is overworking or hustling, right? You and I are no stranger to this. We've talked about burnout <laughs> so much. We've both um, suffered from burnout. And yeah, there is, um, you know, to a certain extent, for sure, when you first launch a business, there's so much to think about. Maybe you're juggling like, um, you know, a full-time job at the same time. And there is a need to, to an extent, to hustle, to work a little bit more, right? And that's something that we hold on to. Like, yes, yeah, 16 hour days is what we need to get stuff done. But when you scale, that's when you need to learn how to delegate. That's when you are needed to be kind of working more, you know, on your business than in your business, as they say, and kind of taking that step back so you can have more space for creativity, for business development, for expansion, all of that kind of thing, right? So it's about releasing that stuff that you think has served you up until this point. Perfectionism, hyperachieving tendencies, they are other um, things that like may have got you to a certain point, but, you know, and everyone's different, obviously, but they might not get you to that place that you want to be. So I would say, yeah, if you want to get to that next level, you really need to start working on your mindset in the sense of like, what can you do differently, you know, and how can you really do that inner work to really, um, you know, obviously you're holding on to some of these tendencies because they've worked for you before, but how can you step back and really see the bigger picture and figure out what that next level actually requires of you? Yeah, that was so articulately said. So thank you for that. And talking a little bit about where you are right now and where you want to be, I often find that getting to where you want to go requires you to do a significant amount of change and growth. And sometimes that can be really overwhelming and scary to people. And it can also seem really daunting. So do you have any tips on how to deal with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. What I always say to my clients, it's really important to hold that bigger vision, hold that bigger vision, know where you're going, but stay focused on the very next step, the next couple of steps. Because if you look at, you know, if you, if you focus on that end goal um, in terms of your daily actions, like the smaller milestones, you're going to get scared off. Of course, you're going to get so overwhelmed. So I always say like, keep hold space for your bigger vision. But in terms of like, um, you know, actually actioning and moving towards that bigger vision, look at the next step only. Like don't try and look at the next, um, the top of the staircase, focus on the next couple of steps. And I say this to my clients all the time because what happens is is if you focus on the very next step and are aware of kind of like one or two steps beyond that like you are able like you're going to unlock what you need to unlock as you go right so you're not getting scared off once you're on that step and you can see the next step you're like oh, okay, that feels easier now. Well, that feels a little bit comfortable or I've suddenly gained the experience and the confidence I need to keep going. So don't shoot yourself in the foot by like thinking you need to go hundred miles an hour. Definitely hold space for that vision, but focused on the next step only. Yes, I completely stand by that advice. 
I actually tell slow fashion founders the same thing when they're trying to launch their businesses because it's really similar when you're launching a brand. There's so many things you need to do and it can be really overwhelming and really daunting. But if you focus on one thing at a time, when you look back, it will all snowball and you would have basically launched your business. So it's really important to put one foot in front of the other and just not get too overwhelmed and don't psych yourself out. Yeah. And that's the thing I think what's really interesting about scaling is there's, I was thinking about this earlier, there's a lot of parallels between launching and scaling or not parallels, like similarities, right? Because when you scale, you're just, you just have all these new potential mindset barriers or blocks or challenges, things you've never done before, right? So like, whereas launching, you're kind of learning everything from scratch in terms of your craft and like your audience and things like that. When you're scaling, you're learning so much new stuff and doing, again, doing things you've never done before. So I really see some of the mindset shifts when you're launching and scaling and growing, you can kind of reach those, um, hit those same barriers and blocks, right? Yes, absolutely. There are a lot of similarities and it is important to remember that because The fact that you launched a brand also means that you're going to be able to have the mindset and the capacity to scale your brand as well. And switching gears a bit, but for a lot of slow fashion founders, they launch their brand as a passion project or as a side hustle. And then as they increase their sales and grow their brand, it then transitions to becoming a business and their main source of income. And I know sometimes that transition can be a little bit messy and be really daunting. And so I was wondering if you had any tips. Yeah, so I think this is a really interesting one as well, because when you're going from that, I guess, hobby mindset, there are for sure like tangible things that you need to shift in order to, you know, legitimize your business to some extent, right? You need to start hiring people. You need to think about taxes. You need to think about a revenue model. But when it comes to shifting from this hobby to like uh, to an actual business, I don't feel like we need to lose the fun. You know, I don't think we need to lose the fun and the passion and the creativity And I think sometimes there is a bit of like a mindset wobble because people are like, oh, I need to suddenly take this business seriously. And serious means sucking the fun and the life out of it, right? But it's not about that because at the end of the day, you create your business and there is absolutely no point in creating and running a business that you are not absolutely head over heels in love with, right? Because if you're not in love with it, if you're not aligned, for sure, there's always going to be hard times. Of course, it's going to be like real low, low lows. Like let's not sugarcoat this, but you need to love what you do. So if you're finding um, that it's suddenly turned into something that, you know, yeah, you don't find that passion in things, well, how can you kind of invite more of that into your business, right? How can you invite more of that So you can kind of keep that passion and that creativity alive, right? Because you build your business to create an impact, but you're also building a business for you and the life that you want to live. Yep, I love that. For me personally, when I went through this transition, it felt really weird because because it was my passion project and I was so passionate about it. And then all of a sudden I was focusing on revenue and profit and all these things and it started to feel it started to feel really weird and really like what's going on. But 
to your point, like the passion is still there. My love for it's still there. It's just now taking it to the next level and remembering that as I scale, I also scale my impact. So that was also really helpful for me too. But 100%, like I agree with you, you can still love what you do. It's just, it's just you're taking it to the next level. And kind of along the same vein, but when your brand becomes a business or your main source of income, sometimes it can start to feel like another nine to five job. And I know for a lot of founders and entrepreneurs, they start a business because they don't like that lifestyle, but then somehow they end up going back to that nine to five lifestyle. And I personally haven't felt this, but I have had friends tell me that they start to get Sunday scaries now too with their business. And so if founders are feeling like they're in this situation, what would you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're getting Sunday scaries, like I remember, I don't get this in my business either, but I remember what it was like to get it in a full time. And it's not nice. It's really strange, right? To just feel like this weird anxiety on a Sunday night. And it's a very real thing. So I would say, if you're feeling this about your business, um, don't ignore it, lean into it. And this is something I say to all my clients as well. They're, you know, I always get the question, like, can I completely eradicate my fears? Will I ever get over this fear of being seen or this fear of judgment? And it's kind of like, if that, if there is a fear or an anxiousness there, like lean into that, like, are you burnt out? Like if you were dreading your work on a Monday, are you burnt out and being an employee in your own business? And if that's the case, what needs to change? Or are you in your business doing stuff every day that you genuinely don't enjoy? That's not your like zone of genius that doesn't light you up, all of that kind of thing, right? I think it really comes back to like, Yeah, sometimes when we get the Sunday scaries, it's like this big thing of like, oh, everything's just wrong. But like really specifically lean into that and figure out what's specifically causing that. And do you need to delegate some stuff? Do you need to change something in your business? Do you need to remove something, add something? What needs to happen? And a big thing for me, like you mentioned, um, you know, as well, like freedom and not feeling like you're working in a nine to five. I am so passionate about this, but how can you, create freedom in your business. The moment you feel like you're working a nine to five, remind yourself that you're the boss. (laughs) And how can you not do that? So like some really simple examples are, you know, do you work a structured nine to five in your business? I know a lot of business owners do this. And for sure, if you have teams and stuff, um, you might have to do this to an extent, but there's a lot, you know, a lot of people are re- remote working, a lot of teams, um, you know, work across the world from each other and there's no need to have that strict nine to five. So like, do you work a strict nine to five because you believe you have to, you've been conditioned from your nine to five to believe that you have to do that in order to have a quote unquote productive day, right? Are you okay with just like, taking four hours off in the middle of the day to go to the beach or have a bath. I've been seeing lots of entrepreneurs lately on Instagram having like long, luscious baths in the middle of the day. And I'm like, why the hell not? Like if you've got no meetings in the middle of the day, you've done your work. So it's about creating freedom. Like for me, I love working in cafes. I really hate working at my desk. I'm so much more productive if I go to a co-working space or a cafe. That's creating freedom in my business. And just, um, yeah, like making it not 
so much feel like that nine to five, adding more of that excitement back into it, right? Yeah, so I'm really, really big on that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I find that people sometimes forget that this is their business and they have full control to change things if they don't like what's going on or pivot or adapt to better suit their lifestyle or the lifestyle they want to live. And so just remember that you are in control, you're in the driver's seat, and you're not in a nine to five situation where you have to abide by your manager's wishes or what have you. You have full control. I think that's the thing as well like we're really conditioned mm-hmm. and I think you really need to like again take a like a step back here and really really like what that conditioning does is that it feeds like this guilt or this fear again going back to I've always done it that way I've done it this way for the last 10 15 five years whatever it might be so I must keep doing it this way in order to succeed Mm -hmm. but like do a experiment with yourself and just see what it looks like you know change three things in your business over the next month and see what kind of shifts but you need to kind of have the courage to do that because yeah, maybe you try and work like three hours. I know so many people in business where, yeah, you work the nine to five. So you got to get up at a certain time, but like quite a few of my clients have a different kind of circadian rhythm. They love working until 2am, you know, but they, they feel so bad about themselves. If they're not waking up early, if they're sleeping in, I'm like, dude, sleep in, (laughs) like sleep in and still work the full day up until 2am if that works for you. So you kind of need to do the inner work to give yourself that big fat permission slip, basically. And I recently read something on the traditional nine to five, and I believe it was introduced back in the 1920s by Ford, but don't quote me on that. Back then, they were really trying to get the most out of their workers. And if it was introduced back in the 1920s, then it's literally been a century. And so it's time we modernize that concept and really make it work for us. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing, not to get into it because it's a whole other thing, but that nine to five doesn't necessarily work with women's cycles, like hormonal Mm -hmm. cycles and things either. Men are on that 24 hour cycle. Women are not, right? But we don't listen. A lot of us don't listen to our bodies, not because we don't want to, but because the whole world is not structured in that favor. But yeah, I think the more that we can kind of educate ourselves on that kind of thing and like leaning into what you just said, like having the knowledge of why this even began in the first place is really helpful, right? And something I always talk about as well is like, in plain terms, create your own rules. When you create your own rules, that's when you allow yourself to run your business in a way that just feels freaking good to you and completely aligned to how you want to work and also in a way that allows you to, you know, perform and show up mm-hmm. in a way that leans into your high, like your highest potential, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And I also wanted to talk about money mindset again as well. I know we talked about it last time in episode 65, but there's always stuff 
on money mindset and something you continually need to work on. And what I often find is that people reach income ceilings, if you will. And so what will get them to making 5K won't necessarily get them to making 10K. And there's sometimes a bit of self-sabotage that happens. So can you talk a little bit more about the money mindset you need to scale your business? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's this thing where you kind of get stuck at income levels or income ceilings. And for that, I think you really just need to think about your baseline limits and your comfort levels, right? So when you think about how you earn money, a lot of people will kind of just be like, okay, I need to earn X amount of money to you know cover my bills and my expenses right and it's quite hard to go beyond that because you know you only need to earn that certain amount so you've kind of got this like minimum that you have to earn but on the flip side to that people also have like this maximum that they can earn and you hear so many stories where People will try and save money, but like their bank accounts will just stay at that same amount. But then if they like direct debit out of that account before they even see it into another account, suddenly they're able to like stockpile this huge amount of money in a separate account because they don't see it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, um, you know, I think this a lot kind of comes into really what your comfort levels are, right? And what your money stories and beliefs are, because at the end of the day, like you're staying at that income level of that ceiling amount, because potentially your subconscious is telling you that it's not safe to go above that, right? Earn more money means more responsibility, more money that you could potentially lose more money that you have to account for in terms of tax more money more responsibility more money more problems kind of thing so I think it's really looking at specifically like what those stories are that could be subconsciously blocking you from wanting to earn that higher kind of amount and really just getting super clear on that and working through that Yeah, those are all really helpful tips, especially about thinking about your highest maximum versus just your bare minimum. And I also find that in society, we have so many connotations about money. Like, for example, people say things like money doesn't go in trees or people feel really weird talking about money and how much they make. And because of how we interact in a society, I know from our work together that there's a lot of subconscious and conscious money limiting beliefs that I have and I still work with. And so for other people, what do you think they can do to try to figure out what their unconscious limiting beliefs around money are? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ask yourself why you don't have more money. Ask yourself, like, I would love to have more money, but, (laughs) and see what comes up for you. I would love to have more money, but, um, you know, what will people think? I would love to have more money, but I just don't have the time, you know, to work more hours. I would love to have more money, but that is selfish, you know, like that is selfish. There are other people in the world that need more of that. Ask yourself that question and just see what comes up for you. Because I think a lot of times, like, again, this is like subconscious stuff. And 
a lot of the time, you know, hire a coach to work through that, dig into that. But even just by asking yourself that question, you can very easily raise raise some of them at least up to your consciousness, right? To your awareness. And then you can start to work through that and kind of ask yourself, okay, why is this belief there? What's the origin of this belief? How is this belief impacting me? Whether that's through a journaling exercise, whether that's going to a coach, whether that's just for the first time in your life, actually sitting there and thinking about your money stories, whatever you do, it's going to be helpful. And it's going to be that, that first step to kind of unpacking and working through what those stories and limiting beliefs are. Oh, I love that. I'm actually probably going to do this after this podcast episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. And there's loads of this as well in the mindset module that I am doing for your amazing program, CAA. Yeah. So we're going to go deep into that as well. I'm super excited. Oh, I'm so excited. And along a similar theme of reaching an income ceiling, I also find that for a lot of slow fashion founders, when they reach heights they've never reached before, they can start to psych themselves out because all of a sudden there's more to lose. And we kind of talked a little bit about this already, but they might have team members they're responsible for now. They also have made the most amount of money they've ever made. And then also potentially there's just a lot more at stake because they have more customers. There's more awareness now with their brand. And so they start to psych themselves out and even decisions that used to be really easy to make and they can make them quite logically becomes really difficult. So do you have any advice for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, In terms of there being more at stake, you know, money mindset is something that you continuously have to work on, you know, Um, just because you kind of address some of those beliefs it's like working out at the gym you know you can't go to the gym once and expect to lose weight I know people always um, use that analogy when it comes to mindset work but you know the same stories are going to come up for you no matter what level you're at so even if there is more at stake it still might be the same stories or the same beliefs that are coming up for you in terms of, um, you know, potentially losing that money. Maybe you had experiences in childhood where you lived in an environment that was in scarcity and, and lack, you know, and you were always told you must appreciate what you have or money doesn't grow on trees and things like that. So I think when you're going to that next level, I think it's not about just ignoring some of it's, it's, it's about not ignoring some of the, the basics, right? Not thinking that you have to do this like crazy new, bigger kind of thing. It's, it's the same kind of practice, like really uncover what those stories are. And because you've hit those new levels, Like, what is that now bringing up for you? It's still going to be the same stories, but you've just not noticed that they're there or you haven't had to like address them, right? So my advice would be like, work on your money stories consistently. And even, you know, of course, this last year with COVID, the pandemic, and that has just thrown up so many anxieties and uncertainties around money, right? Like lots of us now are hypervigilant and all that kind of money mindset work we've suddenly done goes out the window because suddenly like we're facing, um, you know, completely new stresses, right? So just go back to your, like, go back to your basics and really try and get yourself out of that scarcity mindset and back into that, you know, there's enough to go around. I can rely on myself 
to create this wealth and this abundance in my life and in my business. Yeah, I love that. And I also find that as you start to scale, sometimes you're so overwhelmed and overworked that you start to forget about all those things and you start to forget that this is something you need to continuously work on and your mindset is just as important as your strategy. I also wanted to talk about self-sabotage because I often find too that some slow fashion founders say they want success, but then they act in a completely different manner that doesn't allow them to achieve that success or achieve their goals. And so do you have any tips around that or any recommendations? Mm, Yes. So I think it's important to actually kind of define what self-sabotage is because I hear this thrown around a lot, like self-sabotage, self-sabotage. And at the end of the day, like what it really is, is when you do things in the short term that aren't um, congruent or aren't in accordance to your long-term goals, right? That's all it is. It's it's about doing things. It's like short-term gratification kind of thing. It's about doing things in the short term that feel good or feel easy and losing sight of what you actually want to achieve, what you actually want to create in the long term, right? So when we look at it like that, um, you know, break it down, get really, really clear on what your long-term goals are and then commit to it. And this is such a big mindset thing. I say this to all of my clients, but one of the biggest things you have to do is just commit and then everything else falls into place. Like even if you're fearful, even if you know you've got self-sabotaging tendencies, like in every single moment, in every single day, you always have a choice. (laughs) You have a choice whether to do the thing or not do the thing, right? Waking, sleeping in, if you don't want to sleep in is self-sabotage. Missing a workout class is self-sabotage. Like anything could be self-sabotaging, right? So get really clear on what that, that really that end goal is and just commit to that. Remind yourself of that. So in those moments where you feel like you're on the precipice of self-sabotaging, remind yourself of the cost of that, right? And think like, what, what actually, what will my future self thank me for? What does my future self want me to do right now? Right? Is it, is it to skip the workout or is it to go to the damn workout and work on getting fit? Right? Um, and I think as well, it's important to look at what your self-sabotage is and really understand it. Because like I said, it's so diverse. Self-sabotage could be procrastination, but it also could be, you know, um, perfectionism. It could also be people pleasing, right? So my advice is like, get really clear on what your patterns are. Notice what they are, you know, Um, because again, they're different for, for everyone. And then when you find out what that pattern is, whether it's procrastination or perfectionism, like how is perfectionism actually holding you back you know do you spend too long on things um, and you never get anything out the door or you know all that kind of thing so get hyper clear and just always connect to your longer term goals and commit 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 and remind yourself of those Yeah, I love that because I actually write my goals on post-it notes and then I look at them every day just to remind myself. But that point around thinking about what your future self will thank you for, I think that's really helpful. That will kind of like 
shift um self-sabotage like especially if you know what your flavor of self-sabotage is yeah um just really making that um really empowered choice in the moment yeah and to your point too I personally suffer from perfectionism and people pleasing and those are all things on surface sometimes can be positive you know Mm -hmm. and so then it's extremely deceptive because then you really have to dig deep and be like okay these are things I thought were good all of a sudden too much of anything can be bad for you right and so it was really I think eye-opening for me to work through that and realize that too Absolutely. And I think to that point, that's really relevant to scaling again, because for sure, people pleasing, perfectionism, those kind of things might work really well when you're just starting out. Mm-hmm. And it's going to only get you to a point. People pleasing, perfectionism are both related to, um, you know, burning out, not honoring your own boundaries, all that kind of thing. So it will get you to a point, but it won't be sustainable in the long run. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I've really learned to let go of some of that and really be more protective of my time and my boundaries. And so for some of your other clients that were also trying to scale and get to that next level, what do you think were some of their biggest lessons or biggest challenge that you watched them overcome? Oh, this is a good one. So one is really, um, your worth, (laughs) really looking at your worth, your value, charging more, all that kind of thing. Um, And really just claiming how far you've come, claiming your knowledge, claiming um, what you actually deserve, I think is a uh, massive one. And just being okay with people saying no, as long as you're honoring going after what you really think you deserve, right? And I'm talking about that in the context of like, yeah, charging more and things, but like even for some of your community who are, you know, are like fashion designers launching fashion labels and that kind of thing, it's it's about um, claiming your worth in the sense of saying no, yes or no to particular opportunities and, and kind of that kind of thing, really just like aligning to your values and your value, right? So I think that's one Um, Another one, and this is a huge one, I think it's also uh, very important when you first start your business, but making sure that you aren't tying your success of your business again to your worth and not using it as validation. So again, I think when you first start out, the success of your business can, yeah, can reflect on or you feel like it reflects on you as a person, how savvy you are, how intelligent you are, like, you know, how, like whether you have what it takes to build a successful business. Um, but you need to let that stuff go when you scale, right? Because it comes to a point where it's not just about you. It's about your team and you're growing it into something that is bigger than you. So I think really letting go of that And another challenge is, is like when you grow, you need to, again, it's this expanding your capacity for more kind of concepts. So I think you need to really figure out how you can hold space for a bigger vision, like holding space for a bigger vision and potentially growing your community, growing your containers, growing your audience, growing that responsibility, all that kind of stuff that we already talked about and, you know, facing that kind of fear of judgment and facing the need to kind of step up as a leader really is what it is. That's what like, 
um, being able to hold that space is all about. And like when I approach um, this idea of fear of judgment with my clients, like there's two sides to it, right? One is, uh, are you fearing this judgment in a way that is somewhat not irrational, but like it's very in your own mind. Like no one, no one cares about your business as much as you do, right? Like no one's judging. They're just in their own lane. So there is that element, but admittedly, like let's not sugarcoat things for sure. Like the bigger that you get, the more successful that you get, you do leave space for, you know, people to potentially be threatened by that. Or, you know, of course, there's more people that could be questioning what you're doing. So again, I think it's building that, um, that resilience to actually take that on, not saying, okay, no one cares, but really building that resilience and kind of, um, you know, it's really basic mindset stuff, but loving yourself and appreciating yourself and accepting yourself and your authentic self so much that if someone trash talks your business, you don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like you, you got to get to that point where you've like built that thick skin um, because you are going to face those kind of people. But that thick skin isn't about ignoring or about fake it till you make it, trying to sh- be strong or show yourself as stronger than what you really are. It's actually just about going inward and just making sure that you feel safe in yourself, that you are going to undeniably back yourself to the very end. And that's all about, yeah, building that self-belief, building that self-love and that self-acceptance. Yeah, that's amazing. I think there's a lot of nuggets of wisdom there. And I completely agree, like you are worth and your belief in yourself and your confidence in yourself is so, so, so important because once you strip everything else away, that's all you have, right? That's all you have with your business. And so it's so important to be confident and grounded in that. And we talked about this a little already, but I have hired Helen to teach mindset lessons in our Conscious Apparel Accelerator Program or CAA And this program is going to be a game changer for slow fashion founders because we teach you how to increase your sales and get to the next level. And as we've been talking about all episode, we will teach you the strategy and the execution, but then Helen will come in with the mindset pieces. And so I wanted to ask you, Helen, why are you so excited about this? Oh, I am so, so, so excited for this. And thank you again for just inviting me to be a part of such an amazing collaboration and community. So why I'm really, um, I guess, excited to be involved is one, I ran a training in your last program and I just loved, absolutely love the energy in there. And I have so much respect for what you and everyone in your programs does, right? You're making such a big impact in the world. And I'm not just saying this at face value. Like I actually have a few clients that are in this sustainable fashion space. Not only do you have to go through all the mindset, you know, the fears, insecurities about launching a business, all that kind of thing. You're also kind of navigating creativity and people judging your designs and all this kind of thing, as well as clients that are, creating these brands in cultures and countries around the world where this isn't even a thing, like no one even talks about or understands sustainability. So I just think all of you are just making such an impact from at least like getting that conversation started, you know? And I think what I'm like most excited about as well is that I know that so many business owners 
like we've talked about, are just riddled with this like self-doubt and they're really paralyzed into fear and inaction. And the really like, I don't want to say sad, but the really unfortunate thing about this is that you don't really realize that you don't, you don't know that that's going to happen until it happens and you go to launch. So of course you need all the strategy in place, but I know that it can be a really like a bit of a shock when you get all that strategy. Um, you know, you do all your market research, you're about to launch a business, you're about to scale, you're about to grow. And then suddenly you can't, you just can't take that action. So I'm really excited to be able to support and to help in any small way that I can you know any of the um, amazing people that are in your group if they get to that point I really want to be there to be able to support them so that they can actually maximize all the amazing things that you have taught them right because like we said like you could have all the strategy in the world but without the mindset to actually feel ready and to step up and take action nothing's going to happen. Right. So I'm really just excited in, yeah, really um, complimenting the kind of work you do and supporting people on that journey. Yeah. And CAA is going to be a game changer for slow fashion founders that want to increase their sales and scale their brand. Because to your point, I'm going to share all the strategies and support them and keep them accountable to execute But then at the same time, you're coming in with all the mindset elements as well, which is so important so that they have the confidence and all the cohort participants are able to take it across the finish line and achieve all the results and all the well-deserved success that I know that they're going to be able to get. Yeah. And I think that's the thing as well. What's really cool about your program is that you really believe in mindset. So not only are they going to have, you know, my support through some of the trainings that I'm doing and and the lessons I'm creating, but they're going to have you every step of the way also reminding them and also helping them through these kind of mindset shifts that they inevitably need to to face and to have and to work through. And I think that's my biggest advice. If you're going to go for a business program that obviously is based on strategy, just make sure that not only is there a mindset component in there, because it is easy to just add a mindset thing and just set and forget, but actually find a mentor, a business mentor like you that actually believes in the mindset stuff as well, because they're going to be able to take you through the entire process, right? It's not just going to be like one 30 minute lesson that you learn and that's it. They're going to be able to support you throughout. So yeah, I think that's super, super, super important. It's exactly like we've been talking about all episode, right? Like this is stuff that you need to continuously work on. So hundred percent agree with you. And can you share a sneak peek about some of the concepts and some of the content you'll be teaching in CAA? Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. (laughs) So of course, there's going to be a lot of mindset work. So there's going to be a lot around shifting the stories and the limiting beliefs that are holding you back. We'll also be unpacking self-sabotage and building your confidence and self-belief as a founder, as I, that is massively, massively foundational to elevating your mindset, taking action, all that kind of thing. And we also look at our conditioning and the paradigm shifts that really need to be made when you are transitioning into that entrepreneurial mindset or kind of transitioning into that stage of growth and scaling and stepping up to those new challenges that we've talked about. 
And as well, we're going to talk about money mindset, which I'm really, really excited about as well. So lots of juiciness. I am so excited. Selfishly, I'm probably going to go through all the lessons too, just as a refresher. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that. I'm like, can you please like actually go through them as though yeah, you're I a student? Like yeah. when you look through like my trainings, don't, don't review them from like Selena perspective, review them from like, yeah. you know, you're completely a new student to this program. Yeah, I totally will. And I'm sure as I go through it, I'm also going to get a lot out of it and learn a lot too. This has been so fun, Helen. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to share all of your knowledge and your wisdom with our recloseted community. The last episode we did, which was episode 65, had insane downloads and everyone really, really loved it. And we got so many DMs. So thank you again for coming on. And for folks that this is their first time meeting you, can you share how they can support you and how they can connect with you? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me again. I absolutely love the work that you do. I love your community. I, like I said, I know so many people from CLL and stuff as well. So yeah, thank you. I'm really like happy and excited to be here. Where people can find me is Instagram at underscore Helen Kartika, K-A-R-T-I-K-A underscore is where you can find me and HelenKartika.com as well. And I'll also have all of that linked in the show notes for everyone as well. And that was today's episode. If you enjoyed it and you took a lot out of it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, and tag us at Recloseted. Additionally, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe because new episodes will be automatically downloaded, and it also helps us as well to continue to provide this podcast for free to you and continue to share all of these valuable resources. If you haven't already, also make sure you rate Recloseted 5 stars if you think we deserve it and write a positive review. That really helps us as well. And we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, together, let's write the harmful fashion industry.